So I wanted to talk about the concept of uh, belief, uh, believing, uh, in, you know, in in God and and kind of what the the whole concept of, of belief. And I think a lot of times the you know this is you know kind of looked at you know, on a very small level in terms of yeah I believe or someone could say they believe in anything. I mean they can say oh, I believe in Santa Claus or or whatever they 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 you know, they want they say they believe in. So the idea that you know, people can just uh, kind of, you know, say they believe and they're not really uh, doing anything in terms of uh, there's not any works associated with it and stuff. So, uh, real quick, I wanted to, and we want to get, in, I want to get into the once saved, always saved as well. And but I was thinking about the other day about the the, the great white throne judgment, and you know, I, I kind of feel like that you know on that day. I think that some of the most ashamed people, in my opinion, on that day is going to be people that are atheistic. Okay, they don't, you know, the, you know, we see in Scripture, even Messiah even criticized the disciples for not having enough faith and stuff. So, you know, where he's, where he had to calm the waters, you know, there's multiple cases where he had to, you know, he had to, you know, chastise them, you know, for not having enough faith. And stuff. So we see that on you know throughout Scripture, really, and stuff. So uh, there, you know. So faith is you know faith and belief. You know, you know that it has to come with works. There has to be some kind of uh, works there to prove, you know, uh, that you actually you know if you, you actually do believe and stuff. So you know this idea uh, that sadly the church has you know kind of been so corrupted with the idea of the sinner's prayer and the altar calls. You know, and now some of that not even you know, a lot of places don't even do altar calls anymore. Now they even do, you know, just say a prayer in your seat. You know, you know maybe sometimes it's kind of gone from altar calls to maybe raise your hand to now just say a prayer in quiet. Nobody wants to know. No one, ha- you know, so it's you know in some ways it's probably even gotten worse uh, today than what it used to be. You know, not that altar calls were, you know, were perfect either by any means, uh, which is not. You know, that's not something that was found in the scripture either. Uh, you know, I find it interesting on that note that I was reading some stuff on the early Christians and this idea, you know, the, when they had someone that was going to join, that wanted to join the faith, it was saying in there that the early church, these are, these are the real early church, you're talking right outside, you know, with the apostles and stuff, people like Polycarps and stuff. It says that they would actually, uh, you know, as they, you know, as they decide to join the you know, to join the church, become, you know, they would actually other other believers around them would would pray for them and uh, and fast. They would so they would all the person that's you know wanted to be saved, they would all pray and fast for three days. Okay, they would all you know they would so they would all you know uh, welcome a person. They would they would fast and all this stuff for three days, leading up to the ultimate um, you know baptism and stuff and. What, I mean, what a difference! You think about that. You, if you had other people that are, you know, like-minded people that are already in the faith, and I, I'm, I'm assuming one person probably converted, you know, this other person to some extent, or maybe multiples if they were out two by two, for example, um, and ministered to somebody, and um, and they decided to come to God and then come to Christ, and you know, then they would join in with them and say, "Hey, we're we're going to pray with you. We're going to fast with you." Uh, you know, and of course they're going to have a repentant heart in that process. They're going to, they're going to, you know, um, repent of their sinful ways 
and come to the faith. There's got to be there's got to be some works there though. There's got to be some kind of so even in the beginning of the early church, in the beginning, there was, you know, there were, there had to be some kind of signs of actual fruit, actually some you know, but right at being saved in the beginning process. Okay, so I think this is a big confusion um, in within the so-called church today is that most people haven't had that experience at all. They haven't had anything similar to that. Uh, they've had very little, uh, maybe a, a fleeting, repentant heart, if, if that. And, uh, and they just think they can say a prayer and move on. Okay. So, um, you know, so that's one thing. And then the once saved, always saved. You know, that's, that's a, you know, a major corruption as well. Um, so this idea that, you know, um, so not only is most Christians having gone through the first part of salvation, in my opinion, most haven't. That they just done a little altar call or whatever, and, and they never changed their life. They went back to their to their old ways, and if they've never changed their life, then they're they're still stuck in their sinful worldly ways. You know that's not you know that's not anything. You know, that's not a salvation. That's you know those are the ones that are going to hear on that day that I never knew you. You know depart from me. So the uh, you know that's so that's the first part of it. Now, the one saved always saved is kind of the next tier, I guess you could say, in that they're, you know, they're being told they can just say that, you know, sinner's prayer uh, and be saved, and they, you know, and they can move on their merit way. So in, in some ways, you know, it's, I don't know, they're both bad, but um, this might even be worse in a way because these, these people are running around absolutely think they're saved, you know, because they were told that 20 years ago that they were, that they were born again uh, and believed. And so all they got to do is believe the, you know, believe that some some guy two thousand years ago, you know, died for their sins and rose again, and they say, yeah, I believe it. Where do I sign? You know, and they go back to their to their sinful, you know, go back to living the life, and and there's really no fruits in how they live, and that's not how Scripture defines it at all. Okay, so and how do we go from that to Scripture saying? I die daily, you know, die, you know, dying to, you know, it's talking about dying to self so that, so that we can live for Christ and stuff. So, so we're talking about belief and we know that, so there has to be an obedience. Uh, so there has to be an obedience to, uh, you know, to someone to be, to truly have that, that fruit. And I wanted to read uh, Jonah chapter three, verse five. This is when the the whole nation of Nineveh uh, was, uh, you know, Jonah, you know, which he was reluctant to go and uh, talk to him, which you probably know the whole story of the, of the so-called the big fish or well. And um, it says here in 3.5, it says, And the people of Nineveh believed God. They proclaimed a fast, and everyone, great and small, put on sackcloth. So, in the back in those days, it was fairly common when people mourned this the idea, the whole like sackcloth and being in the being in the dirt uh, type of thing uh, was was you know was fairly normal when it comes to uh, any type of uh, mourning and uh, sorrow, you know, maybe a passing away of somebody, and you know, different cultures had different things. But that was definitely a common thing uh, in those days, especially for uh, the Hebrews. And stuff. So, so we see here. So they believed God, okay, and that resulted in uh, what? Proclaiming a fast. 
uh, for everyone and putting on sackcloth, which is, again means mourning. Okay, so this is this is showing that there's a uh, there is a repentant heart. Okay, here, uh, so which is required. Okay, required for sal- any kind of salvation, there has to be a true repentance of the heart, and so that leads to obedience, obeying uh, the, obeying the Almighty Father. Uh, and, and following him, you know, and of course in our time, following him through through Messiah, uh, ultimately, okay, which is our perfect example on how to live. So, um, and stuff. So, even the even the Pharisees praise God with their mouths, and they, you know, in pompous words and, and many and, and wonderful prayers that sounded great, you know, to to the world. Their, their prayers were, I'm sure, they were awesome. Uh, some wonderful, wonderful, fancy words and stuff that only they could spout and understand uh, with their wise knowledge, you know. But all those, all those men stand condemned on the judgment day, as Messiah said. You know, your righteousness has to, to <laughs> has to exceed that of the Pharisees in order to enter the kingdom of heaven. So, um, so obedience we've got to have. Uh, it's got to lead to fruits of the spirit. And a true, uh, I would even say a true fear of God, because, you know, we know that, uh, you know, fear of God is a beginning of wisdom. And and also, do we, you know, can you really fear something that you don't believe in? Uh, not really. I mean, if you don't really believe in something, you're not going to, you know, or maybe it's a very fleeting type of uh, fake fear, if you will. But you know, ultimately, you know, that, you know, there, there should be a healthy fear there of God and, and his judgment and realizing, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not in line with the almighty God that my creator. And so, you know, if I don't step back in line, then I'm going to be judged. And this is kind of what Nineveh was going through. Okay. And so, so there has to be some works and then, and through that obedience comes a seeking and a following Okay, which would be prayer and fasting, as we see here, which is we, we, the sackcloth is talking about mourning. So we're talking about prayer and mourning, uh, repenting, and uh, you know seeking God and and uh, and basically forsaking. You're repenting it means you're turning away from your old ways. Okay, so you're repenting, you're turning away from, and and changing your ways. Okay, so there has to be a result in a changed life, uh, and you know, re, and then for us, you know, in our age. It's resembling Messiah as our perfect example. You know, he's our he's he should be our example to follow, and and also the apostles. Secondary would be the apostles and uh, and early Christians, I would say, like the Polycarps and all that. But you know, in, but in that order, you know, so Messiah is our perfect example. Uh, you know, and and our prophets is I would even say you go back to the you know prophets are good examples too. Uh, so that should be as believers. Those are just those are our role models, okay? You know, not Hollywood, you know, not athletes, uh, you know, none of this other stuff in the world should be our role models, okay? And so, but there has to be, you know, um, someone in the faith for you know, you know, there has to be a right a righteous, uh, you know, growing in the, of the of the faith within your life, and it should be it should be noticeable, okay? It's not something you should be able to look back and say. You know, okay. Uh, I used to do this sin. Um, I used to be into this, whatever it is, pornography or 
um, you know, I'm trying to think, I mean, I mean, I'm assuming not murder, but you know, I, you know, whatever, um, you know, people have murder in their hearts. Okay. Uh, you know, a lot of anger, you know, built up, you know, uh, curse words, cursings, and, and just, uh, all kinds of blasphemies, um, lies. Some people are, you know, massive liars and stuff that can't even stop themselves. You know, so, you know, whatever the sins are, uh, there's a ton of them then, you know, but you should see some kind of growth, you know, and, and those are things that, you know, we have to work through and pray about, you know, and I can say that over the years, you know, uh, you know, through the help of the spirit, you know, I've been able to conquer, uh, the, you know, a vast majority of them. And it seems like it never fails whenever I've conquered, I conquer some, I get a little bit, um, you know, happy about it. And then, you know, <laughs> God shows me three, three more to work on, you know, so here's three more, you know, I'm like, oh, okay. Okay, Lord, <laughs> so this guy. Okay, this guy. Keep on going. Um, and so there's, you know, uh, but that's the thing is that that's the journey the Spirit should be taking true believers on. Is you're not you're not just staying in the same spot. Okay, you're not just and you're definitely not getting worse uh, in the you know uh, in your sins and stuff. But you should be gradually, you know, coming out of the world, and, you know, coming out of the world and. And stuff, not being not being dragged back into it, okay, and stuff. So you know, because I and I, you know, I, I mentioned sometimes about you know getting away from like the Hollywoods and all that kind of stuff. And you know, years ago I switched over to, I decided, you know, I just want to listen to you know Christian gospel type of music, you know, and that's been a really big blessing in my life. You know, now looking back, you know, making that change, it was a really good change. I started thinking, how am I gonna you know, do better and, and things like that, you know, live more biblically. And that was one change I made several years ago. You know, like I said, it's been a huge blessing. And that's, you know, that's ultimately all I listen to unless there's something randomly comes on a commercial or whatever. But, you know, outside of that, you know, that's all I listen to uh, is stuff. And that's, like I said, really been a really big blessing. And that's my bet. The, my favorite songs now is, is all stuff that's, you know, let's do a lot of things that are based on the Psalms and things like that. So, just an example of something that you know um, you can do in your life is find some areas in your life that you can you need to definitely work on and continue in the faith. And and uh, one thing I did years ago too that I realized was that I you know I was like you know for motivation it'd be good to have a you know just kind of have have a couple of easy wins so to speak. And so there was a couple of things I thought well you know what's you know, what's some easy wins that I can kind of, you know, check off my list. And some things was, I, you know, I wasn't really into, you know, um, me and my wife weren't really into alcohol. You know, we're not really drinkers anyway. We never really were. Uh, we'd have wine every once in a while. And so that was kind of an easy one for me. I was like, well, how about I just say, okay, no alcohol. Um, and just go ahead and scratch off a list, you know, make it, you know, um, and, and, and the idea behind it was, is that, you know, why not just make it permanent? And I said, okay. And so I realized, okay, the occasional, you know, wine or champagne or whatever is not a big deal. But ultimately, you know, alcohol is pretty much going to be, you know, out the door. You know, I mean, it's not. And so, um, you know, that was something for me that was easy kind of just to check off. And I think I might have had two glasses. Of, you know, we might have had some champagne maybe twice since then, a couple of years or like that, three or four or five years um, or something. And that was it. And then also another one was I wasn't really big into 
the gambling, like lottery and stuff like that. And I've seen, and part of it is I've seen it destroy my uncle's life and stuff. Um, but the, um, you know, so one thing was gambling. But what I had to realize though is even on that, even when people at work got together and they're like, hey, the lottery is really big right now. You want to put in a few bucks to see if we win? You know, those kind of things like that. Um, you know, that was the only times I was really tempted would be those kind of things usually. Um, and, but I decided to scratch that off, you know, so gambling was, for me, that was something that was easy just to say, you know what, I'm not going to do it. The, the key is there is that in my opinion is you're closing the door. Okay. On those items. So the enemy can't use it against you, uh, at a later date. They can't use that to get into your life and then make it a, make it a, eventually gradually make it a predominant sin because they can start out very, uh, minor in the beginning. You're just buying a little lottery ticket here and there. And the next thing you know, you're buying them weekly, you know, whatever. And then, um, next thing you're in a whole pool of people at work and they're buying them constantly, you know, and it just, you know, those things, uh, could just lead to bad things and bad behaviors and bad people around you that are involved in all these things that are all focused on money, you know, so there's a greed aspect to the, to the gambling as well uh, that goes along with it. So, so whatever, if there's things I just suggest, if there's things in your life that are fairly easy uh, for you that you're not having a hard time with, you know, for you, it's pretty simple um, for you to do like that and maybe make a small tweak here or there, but, you know, go ahead and, and just put a stamp on it that you're not going to, okay, you know, uh, let me put a stamp on this. I'm not doing that. Pray about it and, you know, uh, ask for continued guidance in that area, but just put a stamp on it that, okay, I'm not going to ever do these uh, uh, you know, and just go ahead and, and basically, I said, pray about it and give that, give that area to God and say, okay, I never want to do this. Um, you know, what else? You know, and we keep moving forward in the faith. Okay, we got to keep growing. So we're growing righteously and we're growing uh, in our biblical knowledge of the faith. Okay, and we have to be able to learn how to rightfully divide the word of God uh, and learn discernment. And that's something I pray about a lot over the years because I realized that uh, just... You know, and being in the different churches these days and, and just, uh, you know, I've, I've been to so many different churches and all this stuff. And it's just, there's so much, uh, you know, false teaching and uh, the um, idols of the churches. And it's just, you know, the greed is, is <laughs> you know, obviously the word of, word of faith, uh, you know, people out there, the prosperity gospel people and all of that. Uh, and, uh, and even now that whole NAR movement thing is, you know, underlining it, though is is basically agreed in my opinion because they're talking about you know dominion and all this seven mountains and blah 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 but at the end of the day they're just talking about getting what they want control of the world you know well what's i mean that's 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 what i mean didn't satan offer messiah that and <laughs> he was here he wanted all this of his world and he what did he you know he he didn't say yeah that sounds great i want dominion you know, um, and jump into all that stuff. So these are just people, these are just worldly people that they are pulling into the church more and more every day, uh, that are, they're entrepreneurs. These are people that are just, they just want money and fame and, uh, just like the rest of the world. So these aren't, these aren't Christians at all. Uh, these are just people of the world being brought into the church or so-called church. It's not even really a church. Uh, so, um, you know, don't be careful following these people. And in some of these, I've even seen, you know, there was one, I can't think of his name. It's been a while since I looked at him, but there's a really popular one over in Africa. And there, there's, there's several of them. There's quite a few out there, actually. Um, but there's a bunch of them out there 
that, um, and there was one that was uh, I'd seen a couple of years ago, and a, a, a family member had one time had you know uh, she was visiting a uh, sister-in-law, and uh, she was saying, "Oh, I want to go. I want to go do this thing, you know, so bad." And this is one of these so-called faith healers, right? And so, uh, and so she, you know, and I kind of was like, "I don't know about him." And so I, she's like, oh, yeah, he's really, he's really, really good. He's a real deal. Blah, blah, blah. And I said, okay, well, I'll, I'll look at him. And so, so I watched some of his videos. And then, you know, sure enough, he's, you know, I find out that he's, uh, you know, he's got some really, really good marketing team. But he, uh, he's selling, like, you know, rosary beads, and his, you know, his own version of rosary beads. And it's going to help your faith. And, you know, he's a snake oil salesman, basically, and stuff. And so, um, but he does some pretty good you know, videos uh, on his marketing team make it look like he's a he's a faith healer, um, but a lot of that's really what it is. It's just good marketing uh, and stuff. So, um, you know, just a lot of corruption and and, uh, and marketing and probably photo editing and video editing uh, and all that kind of stuff to make him look like a, a really good uh, healer and all that kind of stuff. So, um, but so we have to have uh, so, but with belief. My point is here is that with belief, we have to have the fruits of the Spirit. We have, There has to be some kind of change uh, in people's lives. It can't just be, uh, you know, uh, on, on the surface, okay? And it's got to be, you know, uh, within us. And, and even in the book of James, it t- he talks about, you know, if you don't have, if you have, you know, faith without works. He says an interesting thing in here. I was looking at the, some of the Greek the other day on the translation. And it says, you know, some say, can, can, um, you know, can faith save him? It talks about, uh, what is a prophet, my brethren, if someone says he has faith, but does not have works? And I was reading, it says here, the Greek really should really be better translated. You know, can such faith save him? So, you know, so then, yeah, so you know, can such faith save him? Um, uh, I, you know, I, absolutely not. And the, and the point is, is the answer the answer is that you know it should be no. That's the answer to that. Is no, it can't save him. That's the point of that James is making here. Is that such a faith cannot save? So these you know, such people will die in their sins, just like the Pharisees and Sadducees. Okay, so but we'll uh, I'll leave that there. I just wanted to kind of get that out there, and I, I hope this helps uh, continue to grow in the faith. Talk to you soon. Be blessed, Messiah.